Today we listen to God's word, and it's in Matthew 25. So if everybody has a Bible, if you go to Matthew 25, again, I've talked about this before, and I just want to never had it, I don't think we've had it to be read in Mass for a Sunday yet. But this is the gospel. Like I tell my kids, and I've told you before too, this is Jesus giving us the questions and the answers for the final exam. This is when he talks about judgment and how we will be judged when we stand before him on judgment day. He's telling us, it's very clear, you know, how we'll be judged. And, you know, it all comes down to, Dorothy Day said it, and again, I've said this before, I know, but we love God as much as the person we like the least. We love God as much as the person we like the least. I want everybody to say that with me. We love God as much as the person we like the least. I want you to say that again. We love God as much as the person we like the least. Now again, I want you to reflect on that person you just can't stand. Reflect on them. Get a the good image of them in their mind. And as you reflect on them, think about that's how much you love God. You know, a kid came to me this past week. It was quite, it was funny. Well, it wasn't funny. In some ways, it was funny. And he come walking in my room. He was a freshman. And he says, Father, can I talk to you? And I said, well, sure. And I closed the door. And he closed the door. And I sat down. And I said, what can I do for you? He says, yeah, you know how you always say we love God as much as the person we like or hate the least? I said, yeah. And then he started, you know, he started tearing up. And I said, what's the matter? And he says, you hate God, Father. And I says, no, I don't hate God. I would just say I hate God because you're always saying I hate kids. And I said, depth, depth. I'm kidding. I said, you think I'd be working at prep for all these years if I hated kids? Well, you just say it all the time. You hate kids, and I just thought you might have really hated God. Is that so? So we got to watch what we say, yeah, first of all. But, I mean, I just felt this kid, I mean, he was really serious. And I thought, for sure, who would ever put the two and two together? But isn't it horrible when people go and hit you at your word? You know, but it's true. You know, if I can go around, and I do say it kiddingly, of course, you know, when the kids are frustrating, I go, oh, I hate kids. And I go, oh, we love you, Father. I say, you do not. It'd be good if you loved me. You know, and it doesn't work out, does it, parents? It doesn't work at all. But anyway, but that's the reality we got to think about. I have given over 400 times a talk on this particular subject, on Matthew 25. I have it if I could show you, but I can't pull it out under all this stuff. I have it on a cross I wear around my neck that I've wore since I was in high school seminary. And on the front of the cross, it says, whatever you do, the least of my brothers, you do unto me. And then on the back, it has little pictures. I am naked. I am thirsty. I am alone. I am in prison. I was uh, of the four or five things that are there. And I wore this cross, and it's still on my neck right now underneath all this other stuff. And it's always, I used to wear it outside, now I wear it inside, because it, you can't do it. We cannot separate our love of God from our love of each other. If we could just get that, we would start all being saints. 
But the problem is, and I don't know if you've noticed it, but we don't even do that well here. I don't do that well. You know, when it comes right down to it, we don't do it the way it's supposed to be. But what needs to happen is I should treat everybody in the person of Christ, period. And when I don't, you know, you and I, let's say it this way. Let's say that we're doing great praise and worship an hour every day. We get along real good with those who agree with us. Very nice. Everything's fine. Everything's great. But there's that one person that every time I see them, my stomach turns. It doesn't matter how nice you do all the other times. It doesn't matter how wonderful you praise God. It doesn't matter how you get along with those who love you. God's looking at that one person. The least of the brothers is the least on your list. It's the least on my list. Huh? When we go through the list of people in our lives, God says, whatever you do to the least of these on your list, that's what you do to me. And that can be horrible. When we really sit there at the end of each day and I reflect on my life, how am I doing personally with the people on my list? It's that simple. Jesus, at the end of this time, when each of us are going to be standing before him, he's going to sit there and say, how did you treat others? Did you love them? Did you gossip about them? Did you put them down? Did you think you were holier than everybody else and stand in judgment? Because there I am, and if only you two would know Jesus better, boy, then you wouldn't be doing these things. Stop it. There's one judge, and guess what? I'm not him. You're not him. He is him. Only him. And so only he can judge any of us. So stop it. Hmm? Now, or people come up to you and say, you really hate God? No, why would you say that? Because of the way you treat other people. And it's a challenge, huh? So first, I want to look at that reality of how we treat each other here in our community. Second, we need to sit there and look about the reality of how we treat the poor. The poor in our life, the poor in our world. Now, again, I'm not talking about poor that constantly just keep begging, begging, hey, gimme, 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 gimme. That is not clear from the gospel. It's very clear in the gospel. We don't just sit there and just keep giving and giving and giving, and these people keep using and using and using. Like I talked about last week, everybody here is called to be giving to the body. Even the poorest of poor are still called to be generous with what they have and be more concerned about others than they are about themselves. But we as a community and we as individuals must be taking care of the poor. We cannot say that we are Christians unless we're taking care of the poor. Explicitly. Huh? Every month, the first thing I do is I have a child that I adopted, and I've had, oh, I had his sister, and I had his brother, and I was a brother, his sister, and now I got him. You know, he's from the kids in... Uh, in um, down in Mexico. And for the last 12 years, 13 years, I've always done at least that much. I'll never meet the kid, but I'm called before God to know he's my brother, he's my sister. I gotta take care of the poor. Are you doing anything at all in your weekly tithe or your weekly thing to take care of the poor? Are you doing anything on a consistent basis to take care of others who you will never meet? Okay, that reality, because I was hungry and he gave me food. Listen to that. I was thirsty and he gave me drink. 
Now, as an aside here, if you ever took the gospel out of context, the people who are saved, this is an aside, none of them knew they were going to be saved. Do you hear that? They didn't come before God and say, okay, God, I was good, you better take care of me. None of them knew it. That's why when people talk about once saved, always saved, and do you know you're saved, brother? No, I don't. Well, why not? Don't you believe in Jesus? Yes, I do. I just don't believe in me. Because I know that I still have the free will to make a decision. I know just because I fall on my knees and give my life to Jesus, which you'll have an opportunity to do today, just because you and I do that, if I'm not taking care of the poor and I'm not loving others and I'm not being more concerned about them and about myself, I will not be saved and neither will you. It's that simple. If you get on your knees today and you say, Jesus, come into my heart, be my Lord and Savior, but then you don't live it, you will not be saved. I don't care what anybody ever tells you. It's a lie from the devil himself. If you think that all you have to do is get on your knees once and give your life to Jesus Christ, that's a lie. you got to live it. Jesus Christ died for our sins, yes, and Jesus God the Father will ask us, why should I let you into heaven? And it's going to be because Jesus died for me, but then you're going to, he's going to say to you, prove it. And then you're going to have to say, see how I took care of the poor? See how I reached out? The people who were saved in this gospel today did not know they were being saved. Quite a surprise. Quite a surprise on the other side, too. Can you ever hear this word here? Look at there in Matthew 25. I hope none of us ever hear this. But verse 41, he says, Then he will say to those on his left, Out of my sight you condemn, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. I pray God none of us ever hear that. But I know some of us will if we don't repent if we don't really sit there and say, Jesus, for you to be Lord of my life, for you to be king of my world, for you to be king of kings of all that I am, I gotta take care of others. I gotta be loving others. Every day I cannot go to bed. You and I should never go to bed one day. When I'm laying in bed and I'm thinking, okay, what did I do today? If there isn't one time that day that you and I can't sit there and say, I went out of my way for another human being. I treated someone I didn't like like I liked them. I treated someone who I, who I will never be able to, they'll never know me and I'll never, I went out of my way for them. Every day you and I lay in bed at night and we can't think of one thing I did unselfishly that was a wasted day. It just was. That the people sat there and don't you know, there I come before God and he says, get out of my sight because you never loved me. You never took care of the poor. You never went out of your way for anybody else. Oh, but Jesus, I got on my knees and I gave my life to you one day. Get out of my sight. You didn't live it. Salvation is in Jesus Christ. But then once Christ comes into my heart, then I must let him live and not I anymore. It's a message, it's hard. Yes, it's hard. But if you sit there and you look at Matthew, go back. Go back to chapter 7 in Matthew's Gospel, verse 13 and 14. I tell you this today and the last day of the church year because of this very line, the very first line I ever give to my children at prep, which they must underline in their Bibles. Chapter Matthew, chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. Enter through the narrow gate. The gate that leads to damnation is wide. The road is clear and many choose to travel it. But how narrow is the gate that leads to life 
how rough the road and how few there are who find it. The reason there's so few that find it is because there's so few that take the two things we must do. Faith in Jesus Christ, living that faith, being a person of love that worships him and makes him my king, and then that I live what I've professed with my words by the way I live my life. I take care of the poor. I'm more concerned about others than I am about myself. I don't sit in judgment on anybody because God says he commands us not to judge. He commands us. And then I live that. And there's so few that really, really develop that in their lives. So my job as your pastor is to prepare you for the final examination. And as I prepare you for the final examination, I get a little bit hard today. But just like my kids at prep, and some of you get hard on me because I need it, sometimes I'm going to step on your toes just a little. Now, so when you and I stand before God in judgment, we'll know what we had to do. You get it? You got it? Good. May each of you know his love today and forever. Amen.